Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here. Thank you for joining me on a Yachtcast. That is correct. You heard it correctly. We are doing a Yachtcast today. Welcome to the Matador Yachtcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. And I have some amazing guests with me. I'm going to start from the corner there. I have the one and the only, the Russ Man. The Russ Man. That's what I'm actually going to call you now. The Russ, Russ Man. The I've Russ been man. tagged the Russ Man. <laughs> the Russ Man. <laughs> I have the infamous Glenn Pash. Glenn, how you Good doing? Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here with you guys. And the all-knowledgeable and wise and amazing beard, Greg Clifford. What's up, bud? <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. We're going to have a lot of fun. You know, I love kicking off these podcasts with a little origin stories because, A, I'm always fascinated to find out how people got into the industry. So, uh, Greg, I'll, I'll, Greg, I'll start with you, and then I'll kind of work my way down. How did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? So, yeah. So, uh, remember... Microsoft Flash back in the day with all the crazy intros. I am the guy that destroyed the internet with Flash. So uh, I did Flash website stuff. I had my own company and, you know, things go as they typically do when you have partners. And so I left that and ended up at a company called Auto Revo, which is a website company for independence. And I was a Flash dude there and doing all the crazy Flash, like, five-minute intros to the website kind of stuff <laughs> and uh, got into SEO because of that and I've been in automotive ever since so I mean we're going gosh 16 years now I think 16 years yeah it's been a, it's been a bit so you really did, so you could have kind of stumbled into the business like, I, I right? didn't it was not purposeful was not, at all it just kind of going like I'm gonna do automotive no I just <laughs> I, I ended up there and so for eight years there and then I left there and I went to dealer on because they wanted to start selling SEO and so I built their SEO program from the ground up and got them into like all the OEM programs so that was 12 years of exclusively automotive stuff and now I do other stuff outside of automotive as well, but we're still mostly automotive just because I love it and I've been in it forever. Awesome. Awesome. Glenn, for yourself, how did you get started in the business? Um, my brother had uh, started a, an SEO firm, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day. He came out of a different, uh, more direct mail marketing, and I was doing my own thing, and so he was helping me build a website and promote myself. I was doing consulting for, uh, um, like, operations more. I was more uh, uh, always a good number two. So I taught people how to be a good number two in their business. Uh, and then I, we just partnered up because I was helping him grow the business because he was mm -hmm. building it, but he didn't know how to build it. So I said, well, I'll build it. And we became partners. And automotive just happened to be one of the first couple clients he had because, you know, when you start, like you were saying, you have your own business, you go to all friends and family and say, you need this. And they had no idea. And a couple, wherever he got his car from, he walked in and said, you need SEO. And he goes, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but you need it. And so that's, and then way back in the day, like you were saying, you've been around long enough is that's when, when I first got in, that's even before digital dealer, or maybe right when they started, but that's when they had the forums. So it was sort of like yeah, discord. Yeah, totally. yes. It was like I discord is yes. now and people would just be online yelling at each other about SEO. And that's the way people started to notice him. And then we spoke at conferences and then we started hosting conferences. And like you said, automotive, there's so much. It's so, such a bigger industry than people realize. Most people, when you say automotive, they think, oh, salesperson. Well, you have absolutely no idea. Yeah, but I've been with him now. We've partners in our company, I think, going on 12, 13, probably 13 years with him. Wow. At least, maybe. And he's been doing it for 16 or more, so same, similar to him. 
I think it's amazing. I don't honestly think I could ever work with my siblings. I, so I, I got to give you props for that. I can't imagine what Thanksgiving dinner is like with you guys. It's actually not <laughs> bad because the thing about it is Brian and I are, we have a lot of similarities, but we're very dissimilar. He doesn't, we don't compete for the spotlight in the same yep. way about the same thing. Like he loves data. And I'm going, that doesn't mean anything if I don't know what to do with it. Or, like, he'll come up with great ideas, and then I'll go, okay, I'll build it, and he's on to the next idea. So we, so that seems to work really well. You I thought you were going a different way with that because you were like, we don't compete with the spot, for the spotlight the same way. And then you started to talk about him, and I thought you were going to be like, he loves to be in the spotlight. I don't really care. But you didn't go that way. I, I, didn't go that I, way. I totally <laughs> thought the same thing. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. No, 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 no. no. He, he, he likes it. He's good at it. I like it, too, but, you know. A whole completely different way. <laughs> hey, Russ, for yourself, how did you get started in the oh, business? Oh, man. So I was kind of by an accident, really. Um, I was a financial planner in the early 90s. I'd moved to a little town called Ogden, Utah, and I just wasn't having any success with it. And I had clients back in Colorado that were car salespeople, and I knew how much money they made. And I love cars. I love everything about cars and all the things that are, that are cool about cars. I thought, I'm going to go sell cars. And then, uh, like I was telling Jason the other day, I kind of, and he, he coined the term conned into it, right? Like yes. I got conned <laughs> into it. So my first, so I pick a dealership after this long process in my own head that I'm really making the right decision for the right store. Right. And then I show up for the Saturday morning meeting and I get there and, and it's all great. I walk down to the sales office and I see this giant board. It's got all the sales numbers on it, all the units sold in the last 10 years plus and giant board. And I start looking at it. I'm like, wow, this is great. Okay. January. It says 92 cars. Well, in the interview, I'd asked him, so do you sell, what, three, four, five hundred cars a month? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look at the board. It says 92. I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? So I run up to the tower. And I go, John, his name was John Store. I said, John, what, what? you guys sold 92 cars last month? And he goes, gets, his eyes just blow up. He goes, it was a great month, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I'm stunned. I'm like, but, but, but in, in the interview, you told me you sold three, four, five hundred cars, and I'm. And he goes, "Yeah, but Russ, you didn't ask me when." <laughs> right, right, years ago. <laughs> years ago, yeah. it was literally like the mid '80s, <laughs> like eight years prior. I'm like, "Oh my lord, I'm in trouble." Well, Russ, I'm glad you got conned into the business. Yeah, I, I am we're, too. We're, we're glad you're here. I'm grateful to be here. So. so, guys, to kind of kick off our conversation today, I mean, look, a lot's happened in the last, you know, 24 months as an industry, I guess, globally as a world. But you know, I think it's it's taken its effect on marketing in a big way. So not just dealing with, you know, things from the pandemic, but now inventory shortages, uh, staff shortages. Um, marketing just doesn't feel like what it was a couple of years ago. And I'd love to kind of get your guys' thoughts on how you think it's either shifted or pivoted or evolved. You know, what, how do you guys see the marketing uh, landscape today? Uh, Greg, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely different. It it's become even more important, but the shocking thing is a lot of dealers have dropped their marketing spend yes. because the way that the industry is right now, everybody's not struggling to sell cars and everybody's m making more money than ever before. So they think, oh cool, we don't need to do marketing, but they're not thinking about the fact that marketing is so much more than selling cars. It's not, it's, it's used cars too, but it's also all the fixed stops, all the parts. It's all the brand building so that if you're in a bigger market, people know who you are just in general. And the bigger problem is now they're struggling to get cars. So you could do marketing around buyback campaigns and things like that. But the main thing that's a big problem is most people are still using the same cookie cutter marketing 
and those marketing yes. strategies and tactics were designed three, four, five years ago before the pandemic, and the pandemic fundamentally changed the way that people shop yes. and the way that people search. And dealers are still using these outdated campaigns that were designed years ago, and Google released over 3,000 updates last year. Ads, Google Ads has changed significantly. The way that keywords map, the, key, the way that keyword matching works has changed significantly, and everybody's still using the outdated stuff that doesn't work. So it's hugely important, and people just don't get it because they're like, oh, we're making money, whatever. It's true, it's, it's, it's actually a really good point. I mean, I think there definitely are some progressive dealers that have uh, identified what you're talking about, and they and they have kind of embraced this 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 new, um, I guess, methodology to marketing, and they're loving the cost of it because not a lot of players are playing in the space. So yeah. I mean, it, it's a great time to be to be putting that ad spend in. Glenn, for yourself, how do you feel? Do you think, do you think marketing is, is it shifted? Has it pivoted? Has it evolved? What are your thoughts? I think sort of D all of the above, okay. but I think in in to, to Greg's point, it's it you can't be cookie cutter anymore. Before you could just throw money out and you know there was enough inventory that you could just market and people would come and then it would be great and you'd do whatever you would do to sell your car. I think now they have to think more about I have to market my whole dealership. Mm -hmm. Right before it was, let me just uh, sell my cars. Maybe I'll send an email blast with specials. You know, to Greg's point is, we all have been spending the last two years in front of a computer, right? Be it Zoom or whatever, and that's the way we shop. And we do not want to get ads that are not relevant to us. Mm -hmm. And and automotive, the the more progressive dealers have realized that. So with the ability that you can target correctly. Instead of just, oh, I'm just going to send one email blast out to everybody with all my specials for service, and it's not relevant, and now I'm getting pissed at why am I seeing this stuff. Um, so it's evolved, but it's not so much I have to spend more money. It's I have to chop it up and put it into mm -hmm. different campaigns and advertise for people, vehicles, like Greg was saying, F&I products branding why should, I think I think that's the biggest miss right now is people are not really explaining why you should do business with me they take it for granted and I think that's really the problem is people don't understand why and what the process is like and I think to their detriment because what's going to happen is more some more inventory is going to come yes and then you have a choice either you shut it off and now I'm going to turn it on but you've been dark for six months so that you might as well be gone now I got to build it back up or they're going to go, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to go back to what I used to do. Price, oh, price, God, price, 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 price. <laughs> and so I think, I think the smart dealers, but more, I think it's really partnering with the right agency who is being mm. progressive instead of still running, you know, old versions of things because the dealers aren't asking the right questions. That's really good. I love the fact that you said people as well. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh. That is not a campaign or a budget I typically see with most dealerships that I talk to. Like, what but yet, is the they're marketing gonna, But they're going to complain that I can't get good people. <laughs> so I say, go look at your page on your website, uh, your staff page or your career page. I said, do I asked uh, a 20 group I was speaking at. I said, raise your hand if you have a career page. You know, half of them had it. I said, do you have any testimonials from your employees why mm -hmm. you should work there? And all of their faces go, I never thought about that. And I said. That's what you need because you all have point. people who started as lot and then sales or sales and now manager. What a great selling point, but where's that? that look, we, we say a lot that we are a people business and I'm thinking of the website, over 500 pages 
with one page dedicated to the people. But we're people business guys. Come on. We're, well, we're and how many dealerships business. run paid search for recruiting? Oh, of course. Hardly yes. any. And it's so effective when you do it, especially in today's market. And again, it's the cookie cutter mentality of, you know, SEO and paid search and marketing. It's all about selling cars and that's it. And that's right. so outdated. 100%. Hey, Russ, for yourself, how do you feel the last 24 months? Have we... Have we evolved? Have we shifted? Have we pivoted? What are your thoughts? So I think that the, the dealership landscape in general hasn't really changed, mm-hmm. right? They Everybody talks about the change. Everybody talks about doing this, or everybody talks about all these great things that you guys just mentioned, but no one's physically doing it. You go to a 20 group, and no one does. They're like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that, because you're doing the same stuff you've always done over and over again, right? If they don't figure it out, I was just inside the Google lady from Google. I mean, blew my mind in the 15 minutes I was in the building because 60% of the people who go to buy cars today don't care what your brand is, right? Because you don't have inventory. You better, there is no more box, right? (laughs) And you better do something about it, in my opinion. Uh, And you need to be more transparent. Get the F&I products on your website. Right, sell service contracts in the service drive. Stop complaining that no one has time, no one has people, no one has this, no one has that. Right? Uh, well, uh, but yet you can have no career page and complain about not having technicians. You have all kinds of companies that'll help you to recruit technicians. You have your own people, and there I, we and, go. I, and I love this. This is the best part about what you guys talked about. No one, no one takes their own people. And the beauty of all those people and the uniqueness of all those people and how they make your brand. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it, right? No, no one's so. transparent about it. It's just like dark hole. Oh, there's the dealership, right? And, and no one really thinks about it. Get all those things transparent. There is no more box. There is no more way. We got to do it this way. We got to do it that way. There's no box. I'll say it again. There's no box. <laughs> That's right. We have to build right. those new boxes. You got to build them. You got to build the new box. Is there still a box? Is there yeah. still <laughs> no box, buddy? <laughs> There's no box. No box. Just being clear. <laughs> being clear. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I I like this. I like where we're going with the people. Um, so I, I think I got another question for you guys because we've seen many dealerships kind of embrace their people's brand, and we've seen a lot just be terrified of their people's brand. And you know, I know some very progressive dealerships that actually do carve out marketing dollars to support all right, their people's personal brand or business brands, but it's a very, very small amount. But I'd love to kind of get you guys' thoughts. Like, is this something that we should be doing more of? If so, how should we be doing it? How do we embrace you know, our individuals' brands? Yeah, and you know those dealerships that do carve out whatever they carve out, what are they doing? They're thinking outside the box that doesn't exist. They're not using the same cookie-cutter stuff. They're trying to be different. And in today's market, you're going to sell a car if you've got it. So now it becomes, cool, where do you want to buy from? I'm going to buy from the people that aren't going to screw me over because it's, I mean, sure, it's 2022, but everybody still thinks that car dealers are out to screw everybody over. So when you do that branding on those salespeople, they build up their own clientele. They build up their own buzz. It becomes a place of, I want to go buy from that guy. He seems cool. Exactly. And that's what it is. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I want to buy from that guy. He seems awesome. So Not, I don't want to buy from the dealership. I could care less about the dealership. But that guy, Jason, seems super badass, and I want to go buy from him. It's true. I mean, look, there's the, the, the 21 Nissan dealerships that are in this greater Tampa area. All right. 
I'm going to connect at some individual level. It's going to be the same car. No matter where I go, I'm still going to wait the six months for it. It is what it is. You know, it, but to, to, to Greg's point, and I, I, I absolutely agree, it's taking, if, if, if I was a salesperson, I remember having these discussions with salespeople, mm -hmm. it's about getting reviews. This was before video, right? Yes. Get reviews. So to your point, 22 Nissan dealers here, somebody's searching and somehow they come across reviews, which is they're going to read, and Greg's name or Russ's name is in eight of the 10, guess what? They're gonna go in and go, where is this guy? Why? Because everybody said, you're the guy. And because the dealership is big and unknown and buying a car is still confusing and or difficult. But if I have validation by a lot of people that Russ is the guy that I should go talk to, Greg's the guy I should go talk to, I go in and I go, where's Greg? And they go, well, do you have an appointment? Uh, no, I just wanna talk to Greg. Do you know Greg? No, I can help you. No, I want Greg, why? Because there's all these reviews. Video is that one step further now because I can put a face, it, yeah. but I start seeing a personality. I see someone who is showing me the car, helping me, answering questions out there. Oh, I'm at least gonna give that person a shot. That's really what we should be thinking about. Can I get onto their consideration list? And if I do, then it's my ball to drop. It's mm -hmm. my thing to screw up or win, but at least someone goes, I'm gonna give that person a shot. Why? Reviews are there, I like the person there, they seem nice, they seem really, they know, look like they know what they're talking about, yep. and they seem helpful. Why you wouldn't be doing more of that? Now, I understand why some dealers are afraid, because it does take work to monitor that and make sure that they are within the boundaries of what you want for your dealership. Tra creating up like a brand strategy. Yeah, that's brand the important standards. part for it sure. It is, yes. and someone has to monitor it, right? And so that's an extra layer of potential labor or somebody to watch it and look at it. Um, but then they are also afraid, well, what happens then if Greg builds up all of his and he leaves a clientele? There's gonna be some, <laughs> There, he's, if he's not selling Nissans and I want a Nissan, I love Greg, but he's selling Ford, I don't want a Ford. There will still be people who will go with him, but why would I make him leave? See, that's the, you're thinking the wrong way. Why wouldn't I want to keep Greg? Why wouldn't I want to exactly. keep him happy? But, what, why, those why dealerships, stay, right? but those dealerships that you, we mentioned the whole start of the conversation was the ones that do carve out a little bit and they do support yes. that. The dealerships that support the salesperson branding themselves and doing their own thing, why are they going to leave and go somewhere else if somewhere else isn't going to let them do Absolutely. that? Absolutely, 100%. So that, it's amazing retention. You know, they, they, they're scared of the fact that, oh my gosh, if I do this and he leaves, then it screws us over. But if you let them do it and support them do it, it makes them want to stay. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that's what a lot of those dealers don't realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do is build a dealership with people, right? You can't, you have to support an authentic person. You can't support... A, a, a salesperson who isn't authentic, right? People give reviews because they felt like the person they dealt with is authentic, right? Right, and transparent and open and want to help and have empathy for them, right? If you support that as a dealer, your dealership will gain customers and retain customers because they feel on the same level. And this is my friend. This is my friend Jason. He's my guy. This is my friend Jill. She's my girl right mm -hmm. this is what you have to try to build today if you don't have that and you're nervous about your people hopping well that's on you yeah that's that's not on the person right if you're not supporting them in a positive transparent way to be their to be their own selves right don't try to make them cookie cutter don't try to make them something that they're not right right 
that's a, a key component because dealerships are it's really good at it. And it's it's not just the good stuff, it's the bad stuff too because you look through <laughs> the reviews and you see the name of the guy that rocks, you also see the name of the guy that sucks. Yes. Yep. So that's it is. It's it's like we planned to talk about people the whole time even though we didn't. No, we didn't. But but I actually like this. So I'm going to kind of push this one more. I'm going to give you guys a scenario because I actually have a dealer doing this. So I'm very curious. You know, we had this conversation, but I'd love to get you guys' thoughts. He is he is allocated $1,000 for each of his salespeople to decide how they're going to market themselves. It, let's say, Greg, you're a salesperson. I'll pretend you guys are a salesperson. You get $1,000 from your dealer principal to market yourself. What do you do? $1,000 how a month. often? Um, a thousand bucks a month? Yes. Wow, that is. Everybody thousand. watching this, pay attention. That is a killer idea. I wish I was working with this dealership because that's amazing. Uh, for me, yes, I would create my own personal website and use that. Ooh, I like. I, I would use that to you know you can go out. There's there's build a brand. There's all these different things out there. Honestly, I wouldn't even do that. I would go get my own WordPress site because you can go to GoDaddy and for 50 bucks a year, you get the hosting. So you're yep. covered for the whole year for 50 bucks. You can go, you could go get a free theme, which I would probably spend like 50 or 60 bucks on a nicer theme. So I'm in for a hundred bucks at this point. I get my content done. I'd write all my stuff. I get my nice photos. I'm still only in for a hundred bucks. That means I got another 900 bucks the first month and I got a thousand bucks every month thereafter to do a little bit of SEO type work mm -hmm. and to do paid search to drive stuff specifically to me and paid social to drive stuff specifically to me. So because I'm doing a personal salesperson site, probably skew a lot more towards the paid social side, yep. but there's a lot of really awesome stuff you could do for a thousand bucks a month with an individual salesperson website. I think it'd be fun, right? That would be awesome. It'd be awesome. Glenn, if you were a salesperson, your dealer principal gave you a thousand dollars to market yourself. What would you spend it on? I think I'd go probably very similar to what Greg was saying in terms of a landing page for myself or a website. I would definitely focus on video. Yeah. You know, I would either get good equipment, you know, yeah. uh, figure out how to do it maybe have somebody, you know, for that amount of money, you could probably get somebody to come in, uh, an intern or somebody to shoot it for mm -hmm. you or edit it for you to make it look really great. Um, but I think video, but, but I'd be focusing my content on who am I helpful? I want to be the person that answers all automotive questions in that market. Like when you think of automotive, how to well, buy like a car, that. you know, it's sort of a little bit like Mike Davenport, you know, the yeah. Chevy mm -hmm. dude, yeah. like he's a great example of, what he was able to do with the help of his store or he put his own money. I mean, he has hundreds of thousands of followers on yep. his YouTube channel. He created great content around all the questions that a customer would have. Like, here's the five questions that you should be asking when you're trading in your vehicle. Here's five questions. Because he knew he was going to answer those questions. So, so educate. So you, you kind of put Right, but yes. you're going to educate people to go ask the dealer down the street these questions. And when they don't answer them, he's going to go, well, this guy did. So I'm going to go over here. You build. It's like a reverse mind trick, you yeah. know, Jedi mind trick of I'm going to give you the questions that I know they're not going to answer. But I did. So I look like a hero, but I come out looking helpful. So that's what I would be doing. I follow the uh, a la Mike Davenport. Mode. I like that. That's a great Chevy strategy. dude. Chevy dude. He's, he's great. <laughs> hey, Russ, for yourself. You know, for me, if I'm I'm not an expert in those kinds of things, right? SEO search, paid search, all those kinds of things. I would probably hire someone to help me. Right, like, like I wouldn't try to do this on my own because that's not my wheelhouse, right? If it's not my point. my wheelhouse is selling cars and making people happy so that they come back. 
I would spend a couple, three, four hundred dollars a month to get it someone to make sure that it was done right. Mm-hmm. You're not an expert. You're a car salesperson. Find someone else to help you. Yep. Can I change I my answer? 100%. I would instead <laughs> talk to my buddies at the dealership and get a couple of dudes together with me because Ooh, then instead of group. having a thousand bucks, I got three thousand bucks so we could spend a thousand bucks a month on video. And a thousand bucks a month on SEO and a thousand bucks for ad spend. That's going to be way more successful than trying to take that thousand and chop it up. And that way we can all play to our strengths because, you know, he doesn't know SEO. I do. I'm not so great at video. He's awesome at video and he's really good on video and he's better than I am because not everybody's great on video. Not everybody can do the Chevy dude thing or the Elise Kephart thing. So get together with a couple other guys at the dealership get one person that's awesome at video one person that's better at writing content and doing the marketing thing one person that's better at the seo side and pull that money together and you're way more successful than anyone would be individually you know i i think i'd really want to work at this dealership heck yeah but here's the other thing though because the funny thing is my brain's going (laughs) why are you only giving money to the salespeople? What about the service? What about ah, F&I? What about all the other for sure, departments for sure. in there? Because yes. I was thinking I'd go tag team with somebody in fixed ops because oh, then I'd, yeah, I'd take killer. it where he'd be fixed ops. I'd get fixed ops. Uh, then I'd get the people that he's bringing in in service. They'd go right to me to go try to upsell them out of a car. Like they, There's a lot of different strategies, but it goes back to what we were talking about before is I think dealers need to look at their dealership holistically, and I hate that word, but unified and all connected versus here's sales, here's service, here's this, here's that. It's we have to know how all of this connects and weaves and can help each other because then we can take all that money and we actually can make it more effective versus just, well, here's your thousand for X and you just blast stuff out and here's your thousand, you blast it out instead of getting all of those people together internally in your dealership or even all your vendor partners together to say, how are you all going to work together to help my dealership instead of this person over here is just saying, well, look what I did and look what I did and look what I did, get them all to the table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, that's another thing you should be thinking about as well. Because if they're, because if if they're all individualized like that, you have, a hundred different versions of brand at the same time, right? Yep. I mean, it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So to me, I would, I would, I'd be, I totally agree. I would pool it. I wouldn't give it to an individual salesperson. I would ask that salesperson or that fixed ops person, how do you think we should spend it for you? Well, yeah, I think that's a better play. And instead than, of the, and I'm changing again. Instead of <laughs> instead of me and my two sales buddies, it's me and my guy in F and I and my guy in service. And now we got the three pieces together, so we're not just blasting the silo of sales. We're yes. talking about sales. Yeah. So I'm on the sales side. You want to buy for me. He's the service side. Once you buy for me, you want to keep coming back, and that's the guy you want to talk to every time. But during the sales process, he's the guy that's going to help you get through this and not have to go sit in the back room for three hours and do it like 1985 style. I, I can actually see this content in my head, and I think, you know, if, if I was a consumer, I was watching this, just culturally this looks like a really fun place to go do business with. Like, I mean, you just see them working as a team. Um, they're having fun with each other. They're creating content with each other. Like, I, I think it's amazing. And, and, and this is actually kind of where I think the next evolution of our marketing goes. That market right now is kind of built into a silo that really just focuses on sales and it's only up to management. What we do, if we do something like this, what we do is actually create a marketing culture. 
through the entire dealership. Yep. And some amazing things can happen. Hey, guys, you know, we're getting towards the tail end of our time, and I got one last question for you since we have been talking about people. I'm going to keep going that direction. All right, anybody out there that may be thinking about getting into the business, what one piece of advice would you give them? Russ, I'll start with you, and I'll work my way down. Um, so the business today is um, it's, it's totally different than when we started, right? I mean, I started in the early 90s and yelling and screaming and get out and throwing keys on the roof and all those kinds of things. Um, but I would, I would very much encourage anyone who wants to get in any portion of the automobile industry um, to be yourself, right? Don't try to be some kind of cookie-cutter version of what you think people should be. Your authentic self is good enough. And, and that would be the biggest advice that I would give anybody doing the, in the auto industry. Um, I would say think bigger, meaning that most people just think, well, if I'm going to get into the automotive industry, I have to be a salesperson. Good point. And you really don't. Um, you could work at a dealership. You could work for an agency like Greg's or mine and Russ, or you could go work for a manufacturer. You could work for, uh, there's a million different, th this business is so huge. There's so many aspects that touch automotive. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you could go into a dealership and work in service. I think there's a big upside for that. Uh, you could go work in different aspects. The, the problem is even dealerships, they funnel in where there's a need versus a career path or trying to really find you and say, yeah, you're probably not really good at this, but I have a position for this and I can, you can help the team over here. So I, I, I would just say, think bigger. I like that. Look, look for more than a position. Look for a career path. I like that. That's great advice. It's great great for answer. Your, Greg, for yourself. Well, and, and look at where things are going in the future where it's not the siloed thing that we've been talking about of you're just one thing. You could do so many more things. And right now, a lot of dealers are freaking out because the OEMs seem to be going down the road of splitting their EVs off mm -hmm. into separate mm -hmm. things where it's direct to consumer. But everybody's not thinking about the fact that People still want to go into a dealership. They still want to talk to somebody. I'm actually buying a Polestar. I'm in, I'm, I've got it ordered. I'm in the process. And it keeps freaking me out because I'm like, all right, when do I need to come do all the finance stuff? They're like, dude, we've already told you, you don't come to the dealership at all unless you want to. It's completely, an, and, it, and it, you know, being our age, it blows my mind of like, I don't have to go to the dealership. Wait, I don't even have to do my finance stuff. No, you don't. Because there's so much change in automotive now yeah. and so many new things coming out that even beyond the you can work at a vendor you can work at the oem there are new things coming out right now it's an exciting industry there's so much going on just come come join us it's fun <laughs> come join us it's fun that's how we'll literally end the podcast there because i think that's just gonna be the tagline that's going across the screen right now come join us it's fun Hey, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with Pleasure. me. Pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. It was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.